already know what time it is. Welcome back into the What Offseason Sports Podcast, everybody. Coming on today's episode, who do we blame in another Packers NFC title game loss? Aaron Rodgers is now one in four in NFC Championship games. The last 10 years, the Packers have had five shots to go and have only made it one time. So we're going to play some blame in today. Who do we really put this loss on? And then the Bills really being a year too early for the Super Bowl for them and a little Super Bowl teaser at the end as well. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm not alone today. You know, we're always coming with guests on the show. Avid Seahawks fan hailing from Seattle, YouTuber and sports aficionado, Steezy A. Smith, ladies and gentlemen. What is going on, brother? Welcome yourself to the show today. Man, what's going on, my brother? It's a pleasure to be on. You know, I, it's about damn time. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded like LeBron over there, brother. <laughs> you know, I asked somebody I've always looked up to, so, you know, I definitely stole that one from him. Absolutely. Hey, man, but of course, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Everybody, please be sure to like, comment, subscribe. Check the description. Check his name on the screen for all of Steezy and I's platforms. Steezy, let's go ahead and get into this episode today, man. So the Packers were too passive in the NFC Championship. And when I say that, I literally mean that. But we'll start with them just passing the football so much against a Buccaneers team that obviously has a vaunted pass rush. Over 50 right. dropbacks against the top five pass rush. They were technically fourth in the league in sacks. And honestly, you look at, you know, with them being too passive in the, in the red zone, Aaron Rodgers didn't even necessarily step up to make those plays when he had to. Two of nine in the red zone. And, you know, you start to wonder, I'll ask you first, Steezy, before we actually get into this subject, because this is... This is a big play for me that sticks out. Like, if I was a Packers fan, I would be pissed about this play. Why do you think Aaron Rodgers didn't get shifty with the legs instead of forcing it to Devontae Adams three straight times? And I know you know that one play I'm talking about. Everybody's dragging A-Rod for it. But why didn't he take it into the end zone? We can only speculate, but I think in my, in my honest opinion, maybe he was a little scared. Right. You know, you, you know at times, he, he's somewhat of a diva. Um, yes. And I, I just think that maybe some of that played into that. You know, he's seen all these uh, Tampa Bay defenders. You know, you have a whole lot of dogs on that defense. You know, oh, that yeah. defense is loaded. And so, you know, maybe he saw an opening for a little bit, but he was like, you know what? Instead of putting uh, uh, the hands of this game in my legs, you know, I'm going to give Devontae a chance. And so I think that's kind of where he was going with that. Um, obviously, it didn't end up in the result that he wanted or, or Green Bay wanted, but that's kind of where I'm leaning towards in, in that regard. Totally feel you there, man. It was – when I saw that play, like right after it happened, I was just like, wow. Like, cause I like in that moment, I was like, oh, A-Rod's about to take off. I was like, he's about to score. This game's right. going to be like right back in it. And then when he forced it to Devontae, I was like, oh, I was like, that is such a forced pass into double coverage. Like I know Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver in football right now, but like still, man, like mm -hmm. that, that play really, really hangs in the balance for me. Like when I think back to my Saints losing in the NFC championship, man, you know, there's certain plays that pop in your head. And it's like, you know, as a fan, when you when you fanalize rather so hard on your team and it's like, I feel like that was the play that really changed the game. I don't even want to get started on the field goal that they settled for oh, on the fourth goodness. down. <laughs> oh, my I mean, goodness. how do you not put the ball in the hands of your MVP quarterback? I mean, that, that that's another big thing where I'm coming from. Like, to me, it shows like, a little bit of a disconnect maybe between Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur because there's always been the jokes of, you know, Rodgers audibling out of the coach's plays, whether it was McCarthy or Matt LaFleur now. But, you know, not putting the ball in your MVP quarterback's hands, like this guy's throwing almost 50 touchdowns. And, and I get it, he was two for nine in the end zone. But I think to me that just kind of shows a lack of confidence in your star quarterback. And like I said, the guy who's going to be the MVP this year, you take the ball out of your best player's hands. And I think everything said that giving the ball back to Tom Brady really all but punched the Bucks ticket to the Super Bowl, but Steezy, I got to ask mm -hmm. you, man, 
Why did the Packers fail to capitalize in so many key moments on Sunday? Aaron Rodgers, he's definitely had a history of, of not failing or of failing to capitalize in big moments. And I think right. that this game was another example of that. Right. I mean, you look at, look, Tom Brady, right? He had three interceptions. All three of those were towards Mike Evans and Green yep. Bay didn't capitalize on any of them. They had yep. two straight three and outs in the fourth quarter. Yep. And so it's just like, my goodness, what more could you ask for? And I think when it comes to LaFleur, maybe he's thinking like, oh, you know, what? my defense got three interceptions. You know, right. I think we can get a stop. You know, what? I'm going to put the game in the hands of my defense. And right. so, I mean, obviously he was tripping. Obviously it was the wrong decision. But maybe that's kind of where his thought process was. You know, he was like, my defense is playing a, a spectacular game. You know, right. I just – maybe he just forgot that Tom Brady was the GOAT. <laughs> totally feel you there, man. And you look at some of those Brady's uh, – excuse me, some of those Brady interceptions, some people were kind of saying a couple of those weren't necessarily his fault. But either way, mm -hmm. Green Bay stole the ball from the GOAT on the road. You know, he's on the road. They're in the frozen tundra. Exactly. And you only muster up six points, like you perfectly alluded to it, two, three, and outs before you finally get in the end zone. Um, and you outgain and you win time of possession on top of the turnover battle, and you still right. lose. Like, I would hate to be a Packers fan today. And, and I said it before I came on. I was like, I'm getting on the Packers tonight. Like, I am going over Rodgers. I'm going over LaFleur. Like, what's up with that defense at the end of the second quarter? Like, we are getting into it today, man. And for them to still not be able to get it done after really owning a lot of statistical categories in that game. Now they did take five sacks, of course. And like I said, when you drop back over 50 times against Devonta pass that. rush, it's like, <laughs> how are you, how are you going to properly prepare for that? I mean, there was no run game at all either. And like mm -hmm. I said, five shots at the Super Bowl in 10 years, you got one trip and you got one win, but Steezy, a lot of things or not a lot of things, a lot that people are talking about, man. And I want to get your take on it. Cause I haven't really asked anybody you know, about this certain aspect of the game. What did you think of the officiating overall in this NFC title game? You know, they definitely had a, you know, a few, a few blunders, you know, and, and refs, you know, human beings, as always, you know, and, and a lot of people, you know, they're quick to say that, oh, you know, they missed that call. They missed this call. They missed that call. And I get it. You know, refs miss calls every single time, every yep. single game. And, and I understand they weren't exactly consistent with, you know, some of the calls throughout the game, but, I don't know if you were going to get to this, but, you know, at the end, that was oh, a Bring it up, brother. You got it. That, that was a pass. He was grabbing his jersey. And, right. you know, you would hear a guy like Max Kellerman talk about, oh, we don't know if that ball was catchable. Well, the ball wasn't catchable because his jersey was being held. Exactly. And so I understand, you know, they missed a, a whole lot of penalties, or, a whole lot of calls, or a whole lot of non-calls throughout the game. But when you see a call, when you got to make a call, you make a call and you call it. And so exactly. I'm not I'm not going against the refs in that, in that last – passing interference call because that was a perfect call you even heard the commentators they brought on uh i forgot what his name was but they brought on you know the uh the the, the, the rules dude. analyst yeah the rules analyst and he right. was like you know what he i can't place his name either but i know exactly who you're talking about you know like, what i'm talking about my mother there we go that's there we go that's that's our guy and so right. even he was saying like you know what it was a late flag but you know they made the right call and so i think you know that that's probably the best way to put it it was a late call but he made the right call Right, right, definitely. And and I, I hated to see such inconsistent officiating in a game that had so many implications for the Super Bowl because, like, obviously, y'all right. know me, following the show, Saints fan, you know, the no call. So everybody knows about a bad call. But you would mm -hmm. think – and, like, you know, when the rule came in for changing the flag, I was kind of a fan, but then when they did away with it, I was like, okay, you know, now it's just more pressure on these referees to make these calls. And it's like – 
I think the officiating was really inconsistent on Sunday. And, you know, like some of the calls were good, but also some of the calls, like you said, were just some blunders out there, man. And you, you just need consistency more than anything. I'm loving having Sarah Thomas in the Super Bowl. She's one of the best refs in the NFL. Um, she's very good at what she does. She will stand by her call to a lot of big coaches, Bill Pelichick, you know, Sean Payton, Sean McVay, whoever it may be. But overall, more than anything about the refs, man, I don't want to hear about them weighing in the game because they've been botching the games for years. Like you said, Steezy, there's a blunder in every game, especially when it comes. You know, what was crazy is there wasn't a lot of flags in that game until it got like into the later stages of it when that P.I. came out and they felt like flags were kind of getting called unfairly. You know, you have to play well enough to where officials cannot ultimately determine your fate. But enough about how the Packers actually played. Did you happen to catch the post-game presser, Steezy, after the NFC Championship? With Aaron Rodgers? Yes. I did. I did. So I want you to give me a takeaway from when he was talking about uncertain futures, stated multiple times. He made sure that you knew that that call was not his. What, what, is, what is A-Rod trying to say in the post-game presser? Bro, I think he's, he's taking a jab at, at, at Coach Mike LaFleur. Right. You know, a lot of people are kind of looking at it as if, you know, he wants out, but – Come on, bro. He got to be tripping if he wants to sell. I mean, there are too many situations that are better than Green Bay. He literally exactly. has the, the franchise. He has the best receiver in football. He has, quite honestly, the best offensive line in football, if not right. what, top two, top three offensive line. He has a, one of the best running backs in football in Aaron Jones. His defense is good. Maybe not great. Maybe not elite. But he has a defense that can, you know, win you a game or two. Um, and, yeah, he's getting older. And, yeah, they've disrespected him. Yeah, they never drafted a, a first-round wide receiver for him. But, come on, two back-to-back 13-3 seasons, two back-to-back NFC Championship game appearances. I think First what it is – First two years as a coach, too. You can't be, like – you can't be that irritated. Exactly. Exactly. And so I think what he's really trying to get at is, is he's throwing, you know, more of a jab towards his head coach, which is kind of what he was doing in the first in their first year together. You know, he exactly. was throwing, you know, subtle, subtle jabs, subtle shots here and there. And maybe, you know, in the two years together, he's he's grown more fond of him. But now he's going back to what he was doing before, which is, you know, throwing these jabs. Um, and I think he just frustrated more, 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 uh, more importantly, you know, he, he's very frustrated. You know, he right. felt like you know, he should be in the Super Bowl. Obviously, he knows he's going to be MVP. So he's like, right. you know, we had a team good enough to be in the Super Bowl this year, but because of my boneheaded or because of the boneheaded decision that my coach decided to make, you yep. know, I'm going to call him out. And so, you know, how I mentioned earlier, he's a diva. You know, he's going to call it how he sees it. He's not afraid. And so I think that's kind of what he's doing. But I'm not worried at all about his future in Green Bay. I think he's, he's going to be in Green Bay for some time to come. I definitely think so, too, man. And it it's not that it would be a tough market for Aaron Rodgers because you would definitely still pay money for him, but you cannot deny mm-hmm. the fact that he's creeping up on 40 years old. And you can't deny right. the fact that he is now one in four in NFC championship mm. games. Like, and I'm probably going to get a lot of slack for this in the comments and wherever this is going to be on social. But realistically, like you could argue that Aaron Rodgers is not going to be a key piece for a team to win a Super Bowl because he cracks under the pressure. And a lot of people mm-hmm. try to say, oh, it's not. You know, it's not his fault. His defense is doing this and is doing that. Well, guess what, bro? The defense got three picks off the GOAT. Like, I understand, you know, blown out by Atlanta in the NFC Championship. Defense botched that 16-point lead against Seattle a few years ago. Like, we know there's been mishaps with the Packers, and it's usually because Aaron Rodgers doesn't play well, but he actually threw for almost 400 yards and three touchdowns with, I want to say, over 100 passer rating this game. And that perfectly kind of segues into the next part. Mm -hmm. You know, who do you really blame? For this loss and for me I don't really look at Rodgers not moving it in on third down 
I do look at that field goal, but I feel like just the defensive coordinator for Green Bay was in over his head. You know, you look at the blunder at the end of the half, Scotty Miller, absolutely dusting. Oh, my God. Like, like when that happened, I was in front of my TV like a Packers fan. I was like, yo, no way. I like that just happened. And like, I think personally, a lot of that momentum went into the locker room and, and those points were still on the board. So if I had to play the blame game for the Packers before it's all done, I would say the defense kind of came up short and I know they got three picks, but like there were key moments, King tugging on people, giving up plays. I mean, he got toasted all day. I really haven't seen a DB get picked on like that in a while. It feels like, but if you had to lay the final groundwork for who is to blame for green Bay's loss in the title game, man, who you got to give it to, you know, real quick, bro. You said you haven't seen a DB play that bad in a while. Mm. Well, I'm used to seeing Trey Flowers in Seattle, so I'm actually used to seeing horrendous <laughs> cornerback play. Um, right. <laughs> so, you know, Kevin King, oh, my goodness. He, I had so many Trey Flowers flashbacks in that game. Um, but if I had to place the blame on any one player, man, I'm going to take a lot of heat for this. But I got to say Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. You know, because when, when, when teams win Super Bowls, when teams win games, the quarterbacks get all the credit. Yeah. And so I understand, you know, he wasn't the one that that decided to make that call at the end. I understand it wasn't him that was playing cornerback. It was Kevin King that had all those blown, terrible coverages. The one on Scotty Miller, the first touchdown of the game to Mike Evans. He completely mistimed his jump in the end zone. The yep. P.I. call at the end. Aaron Rodgers wasn't on the field in the, on those plays. I get it. Right. But he is the quarterback of this team. He is the leader of this team. He is the face of the franchise. He is Aaron Rodgers. And so the fact that they came up short on their home field in Lambeau Field, and once again, I got to go back to those two, three and outs off of two interceptions. You yep. were, he was literally giving gifts, opportunities to yep. score the football. And what did he do? Three and out, three and out. So I got to go Aaron Rodgers here. Because just because they, they receive so much of the credit whenever they win, whenever something good is going on. So whenever something bad happens, you got to look to the quarterback first and foremost. He is on the field. He is the one who is the most important player on the team. And he's the best quarterback in football, at least this season he was. And so right. I'm going to say Aaron Rodgers. I feel you, man. Totally feel you there, brother. And it's it's so tough for Packers fans because, like I said, you can really look around. Like, you can look all around the board, the field goal, you know, not running in, Kevin King. Like, like there was a lot that went on in that game. And I think more than anything is, like, like they started mm-hmm. to coach better, of course, in that game. But, like, it just didn't all click. It didn't mm-hmm. all come together. And for me, I think that the second year of Matt LaFleur is kind of shining through, like – were the Packers really supposed to be this great with a second year head coach? Like, were they really supposed to go from back to back title games, you know, with a rookie head coach and then a second year head coach? I mean, damn near taking them to the Super Bowl. So, like, I know Packers fans have things to look forward to. And I know there's some uncertain futures, like Aaron Rodgers says, but like overall, the Packers have a good team. Today's episode is brought to you by Factor, <laughs> everybody. It's already the end of January. I know you can't believe it. 2021 is rolling right along, and you might still be trying to get into that new diet that you've always talked about taking on. Well, Factor is the great way to do that. It's an all-in-one meal delivery service that preps, cooks, delivers fresh, never frozen, and fully prepared meals right to your door weekly. Every meal is designed by dietitians and handcrafted by world-class chefs, keeping your taste buds and your waistline happy. The menu changes every week as well, so you never get bored while you're smashing this amazing food. And right now, Factor is offering our listeners of this episode 50 bucks off their first two weeks. Just go to factor75.com, pick your meals, and use the code PODCAST50 at checkout to claim this limited time offer, guys. But wait. There is more, ladies and gentlemen. We're offering members an extra 20 bucks off, but then take your receipt and email it to david at podco.co. So $70 in total 
off a factor, go make it happen. Go use the code and go get into that diet that you know you've been pushing off. February's almost here, guys. It's only on you if you don't get it going. Steezy, let's talk about these Buffalo Bills, brother. I think one of the greatest storylines of the NFL season, um, Josh Allen emerging. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. the defense really falling off and the run game really not being there. So I feel like we're kind of seeing what Kansas City alluded to a little bit last year with depending so much on Patrick Mahomes. Now we're seeing that for Buffalo. Do you feel like it was a year too early for the Bills to go all the way? Oh, definitely. Um, you know, obviously nobody saw Josh Allen, you know, throwing for or totaling about 50 touchdowns. Nobody right. saw Josh Allen completing about 70% of his passes. Nobody saw Josh Allen throwing for about 46, 4,700 rushing yards. Right. Nobody saw Josh Allen taking the Buffalo Bills this far, you know, and so I think they definitely overachieved. Uh, I don't even know if, if it's if I could say they're a year too early, maybe they're two years too early. You know, I was, was kind of thinking the same thing. Right. I mean, you know, obviously the Chiefs are still in the conference and it's going to take a whole lot more than what Buffalo displayed this season to, to defeat the Chiefs. Um, they're going to need somewhat of a ground game because when you look at the teams that have beaten Kansas City in the past, which hasn't happened very often with Patrick Mahomes right. at quarterback, <laughs> but when it has happened, a lot of the, a lot of the same or a lot of the, uh, the common factors that a lot of those teams had was they had a ground game or they had a, a punishing ground game. And a lot of those teams ran for 160 plus yards. And right. I'm not saying Buffalo has to run for that many yards. Right. Obviously, Josh Allen, he's a threat. He has legs of his own. He rushed for mm -hmm. 88 yards in this game. But you're going to have some sort of ground game. you you got to have some sort of ground game to when you're going up against the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, look, the quarterback is better. The team is better. These guys are the defending Super Bowl champions from crying out loud. And so to go into this game without any sort of game plan in terms of, you know, how you're going to attack them on the ground game, I mean, that was kind right. of – Stupid, and I understand they didn't have Zach Moss. <laughs> You're right, bro. <laughs> it was just, it was stupid. I mean, what more can I say? You know, but um, going back to the Bills, they overachieved, and uh, yeah, I think it might actually be a couple years too early. But who knows if Josh Allen takes another leap next season? You know, if they're if they're to get some more pieces on defense, then Agreed. you know who knows. But um, the future is bright for Buffalo. Totally, totally agree with you there, man. And I feel you. It could be like you said, a year, maybe two years early on Buffalo, but. Mm -hmm. I kind of want to allude to this as well because it really goes well with what you were just talking about with, you know, them needing to get a run game. And I know you didn't mention this as well, but also being able to step the defense up. You look at Buffalo and look at Kansas City, like a lot of people like to compare them. You know, obviously Dawson Knox is not Travis Kelsey, but a lot of people are saying that the receiving core and the quarterback matchup could really potentially hang with Kansas City's. And it's a lot, you know, a lot due to that coaching by Sean McDermott and then also the quarterback play of Josh Allen. But you look at Kansas City a couple years ago, like the year they lost the title game, to Brady, uh, you know, with that bad call and the Patriots mm. go on win the Super Bowl against the Rams. Um, you know, Kansas City cannot run the ball that year, and they could not defend the run or just play defense overall. Like, they were the 31st overall defense in the NFL that year. And then you look at them last year, cleaned it up a little bit, still had to rely a lot on Mahomes to pull that magic and get them out of those situations. But you look at Kansas City mm. this year, which alludes to your two years later, which it's, it's so perfect for this situation. Two years later, after losing to Brady in the title game, now on back-to-back -back Super Bowls, they learn how to run the ball better every year, and they learn how to play defense better every year. You look at Kansas City. They're actually number one in the NFL in, like, touchdown-to-pick uh, ratio, completion percentage, and, like, yards per attempt or something, yards per catch on, like, passes of 10 or more yards down the field. Would you ever think that Kansas City would have a lockdown secondary like that? And like you mentioned with, you know, them being so Josh Allen dependent, talking about the Bills, due to them having no run game, I mean, you talked about the running backs needed to be addressed. I think that is the first thing 
that you need to address if you're the Buffalo Bills, whether it's the draft, free agency, a trade. You got to make something happen or, you know, start getting shifty with your receivers on the on the jet sweep, some more screams, something like you can't keep on asking Josh Allen, who obviously is not on the talent level of Patrick Mahomes. He, he's there, but he's not on that level yet. You're, you're kind of trying to ask him to work that magic and, and, and be that Mahomes. And that's not him right now. And I feel like that's why Buffalo has become, you know, begun to struggle. And like I said, if they can clean it up, give Mahomes some help on the defense and the run game like Kansas City did, but do the same for Allen, I think Buffalo could be in a really good spot, man. So just wanted to touch on the Bills there a little bit. But like we both said, they definitely got to get the running back room right and uh, just overall get, get a lot of that pressure off of Josh Allen's shoulders because he's young. You know, like what Mahomes did – a lot of people don't realize like how special that truly is being so young in the NFL. Your first year as a starter, you win the MVP. So obviously we know all about Mahomes. But before we get out of the show today, guys, little Super Bowl teaser here. Like we said, the, the Super Bowl show is coming next week. But I did want to throw a little bit of it in here. We know we got Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes facing off in the Super Bowl. And they're both two and two all time going head to head. But Steezy, for the final question of the show, man. And I know they've all been tough, but I'm running you through the ringer here on what off season, which is the bigger advantage Brady's knowledge and experience or Mahomes's improv ability. And it might seem like an easy answer, but the pedestal that people have put Mahomes on, I want to know, does Mahomes have enough to beat Brady to beat the goat in the Super Bowl while he's, while he's in his backyard? Without a doubt, you know, uh, to answer your question, I'm going to say Pat Mahomes improvisational ability. Mm -hmm. I mean, because a lot of the times, you know, that stuff is off script. You know, that's yep. not, that stuff, you know, you just don't see it coming. It's that Pat Mahomes magic. You know, sometimes, you know, I might sound like a homer here, but I see that with Russell Wilson. You know, that of improv course, improvisational bro. You being a homer at all. Russ is amazing. Exactly. And, you know, there are a few guys that, that could do that in the league. And with Patrick Mahomes, it just helps that he has the fastest dude in the NFL in, in oh, Tyreek yeah. Hill. It helps that he has the best tight end of football in Travis Kelsey. It helps that, you know, he has Tyron Matthew, who was a first-team All-Pro this season. It helps that he has – probably the greatest coach or the best coach in the NFL and Andy Reid. He's yep. very creative in his play calls, very innovative. I mean, you see all those flip passes, you know, in the end zone to, to um, Tyreek Hill or, or Travis Kelsey, those little right. unhanded passes. The I mean, who passes, does that? Yep. Who, calls, shovel, who calls those? Right. And so, Andy Reid. <laughs> Andy Reid. There's definitely a lot working in Pat Mahomes' favor. Um, but I just, I'm going to have to go with that. You know, Tom Brady, he does have the experience. He does have the knowledge. You know, he, he has, you know, the, the ability to say that I've played in, in what, nine Super Bowls. I'm, I'm making my team the parents you know they are playing at home and they are playing you know against an offensive line that's somewhat depleted in Kansas City's but I right. just think that when it comes to Pat Mahomes I mean you know who's gonna stop him I mean that last time these guys faced off Tyreek Hill had over 200 yards in just the first quarter alone yeah. and so <laughs> and I remember I was going up against Ooh. in fantasy that week I was going up against Tyreek Hill and he was literally the only reason why I lost that game because he put up <laughs> I think damn near 60 fantasy points yeah and so I will never forget that game never right but Real quick, yeah, just just answer the question once again. I, I got to go with Pat Mahomes and his improv, improvisational ability. Totally feel you there, man. It is so neck and neck for me. It's like it's like it's like which one's better, you know? Is it going to be Bezos or is it going to be Elon Musk? Like I feel like that's what we're comparing <laughs> right now. Both extremely great guys, both extremely talented legends already. More than likely, we know Brady is, and Mahomes yes, is probably headed for that for that pedestal as well. But when it comes down to it, man, I got to say it's going to be Brady's knowledge and experience, mm. not necessarily big plays from the Bucks. Like, yeah, the defense is going to be there. Brady's going to make his throws. But I feel like his overall experience, like you can't trick the man. He's seen it all before. This is his 10th mm -hmm. Super Bowl. He's playing at home. 
I think the Bucs are taking it, man, 100%. And I say it's because of Tom Brady's ability to just be able to read through everything. He's been here before. He's seen this. Like I just mentioned, you can't get anything past him. And, I mean, he's the GOAT. He's done this nine times before. This is number 10. We're going for number seven. I do have Brady definitely, definitely winning this Super Bowl, man, because – like I said, he's just, he's been doing it for so long. And I feel like there's going to be maybe a moment in this Super Bowl where Mahomes is going to see a look from this, uh, from this Bucks defense. Cause it's totally different. I'd say this Bucks defense is playing on another level. Probably like I thought the probably like back four to five games of the year, they played better defense. You know, it gradually got better, but I feel like in the playoffs mm-hmm. specifically like Washington, that was tough. Everybody said the defense was bad, but they heard that lockdown against new Orleans absolutely tried to do their thing against you know um green bay and i I think they came up big when they have to definitely so but i am going to have brady's knowledge and his experience being the advantage here over mahomes because it's just i mean when are we going to learn to quit downing brady honestly three straight road games can't do it five seed but you know you, you know brady's singing the whole time all right guys we win three and we're going back home for the final one like what type of motivation what type of what type of mojo is that to bring into your locker room, to bring to your guys like, uh, you know, Godwin and Evans and, and Rojo and Fournette that have probably never even thought about seeing a Super Bowl. So going to be a great game on February 7th, man. And that is going to wrap up today's episode of the What Off Season Sports Podcast, everybody. Appreciate y'all so much for tuning in today, as always, as we brought Steezy A. Smith, the man, the myth, the legend. Go check him out on YouTube, please, guys. He is such a hustler. Love his show. He does roundtable discussions as well. Steezy, I'm going to let you take the floor for a second. Tell me what you got coming up next on the show, brother. My brother, hey, once again, I can't thank you enough. My pleasure always. being on. Um, you know, I can't wait to have you on my show real, real soon. But yeah, to everybody that's listening, <laughs> uh, please, you guys can find me on all socials, especially YouTube at Steezy A. Smith, S-T-E-E-Z-Y-A-S-M-I-T-H, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Um, well, I just made a TikTok. Yeah, definitely, please tap in with that, guys. Show us some love. Definitely uh, show my man, Adam, here some love, man. Um, he's he's you, so buddy. great at what he does. And I have so much respect and admiration for him. And, you know, I just, I, I can't thank you enough for having me on. So I, I can't wait to be back sometime in the future if that's, that's cool with you. Man, always, brother. I've wanted to have you on the show for a minute. We were just working through the guest list. But absolutely, man, everybody that just heard Steezy, all of his information is in the description, all his links, everywhere he's at. Same with my stuff as well. You can click the link, every bit of content that we're putting out. We went and chopped it up today, guys, about who was to blame for this Packers loss in the NFC title game. I'm going to say it for a third time. Ten years, a whole decade, one Super Bowl trip and one Super Bowl win. I know I can't say much because I'm a Saints Mm. fan, but we also haven't been to five NFC title games in ten years. So don't know what to say there, but we did get through that, obviously. Chopped it up about the Bills as well. Was it a little too early for them also? And a little Super Bowl teaser at the end. I hope you stay tuned for that. Of course, guys, please don't forget, like we said, to like, comment, subscribe. Follow us everywhere. We will be back next week with the Super Bowl show, and I'm handing out my NFL awards, guys. It's going to be one of the biggest shows yet, having a great guest on for that one as well. Steezy again, as always, brother, I super appreciate you. And this is What Off Season signing out, everybody.